Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. where me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though if you ask me to pull the lint from between your toes and put it in a dish and serve it to myself, I would. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm running out of these. I, I'm running very you low. You a million. I'm running so low. Okay, that person you just heard is my guest today. She's written for uh, Kimmy Schmidt, Ghosted, People from Earth, People of Earth, People from Earth. It was on TBS. You better believe it's Charla Lawrenston. Did I say that right? Lawrenston. Lawrenston. Close enough. It's so funny because I've known you for probably a decade at this point. (laughs) And I have, we hosted a show together. We did. And I have been mispronouncing your name. Everybody does it. I I don't know why. I mean, it's because it's my name, but everyone yes. messes it up. I think what happens is if there's more than like three or four letters, you're like, I don't know. Right. It's I a crapshoot. I'll just try up. something. And they always mix up the same letters, <laughs> the S and the N. People say Lauriston, and it's yes. Lauriston. Lauriston. Yeah. Please welcome Charlotte <laughs> Lauriston. Hello. <laughs> Clap your hands. I... Really hope every time I introduce a guest that people are at home clapping. It's I think they're driving probably. I don't oh, know. I don't probably. think they should clap. But I mean, I clap when I drive. I'm also sometimes worried about how dumb I'm getting. Uh 
I was watching TV with my roommate, John. This was two nights ago. And I looked up from the TV and AP Bio was on. And I looked at the clock. And it seemed like it had just started. And I looked at the clock and I was like, AP Bio comes on at 8.49? And he goes, no, Nicole, I just changed the channel. (laughs) And then... I I don't remember what I did, but he was like, Nicole, I literally watched you change into a person who died. <laughs> he said I like recoiled into the pillow and went, oh, no. <laughs> I just felt so dumb in that moment. We're all dumb in that way. I don't think that's like actual stupidity. I think it's oh, like, you. you know, we're all like airheady sometimes in that way. Sometimes my airheadiness uh, really flabbergasts me. Before I started taking ADD medication, Sashir and I were having a conversation about Black China and Rob Kardashian and how their show was debuting on September 11th. And I was like, that's shady. That's really <laughs> shady. That's like uh, someone who really doesn't believe in their relationship. And then we stopped talking. And then Sashir goes, uh, wait, what date does it come on again? And my brain went, uh-oh, we were talking about something. <laughs> I have no idea what it is oh God. or who it is, but it must have just happened. And I don't know. So I went, hmm, were we just talking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you smoke a lot of weed? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've tried to curb my weed habit because ah. I realized that it really makes me forgetful. And I'm already a forgetful person. Mm. And I'll, I'll be at work or I'll be in, in the middle of serious meetings and I'll completely mm. space <laughs> And once or twice it's happened at shows where I'll completely ah. space and it's really scary. So I've really tried to like curb yes. the weed because I think it's not uh, helping. I, but I'm like not a functional stoner. I cannot smoke weed and then live my life in the world. Same. I have to smoke in one location Same. and I can't have anything to do. Same. But I do think like if I smoke five days in mm-hmm. a week, I'm like, I'm forgetful. Oh. My sleep is not as good. I get oh. headaches. Oh. Like, I really think it's just the consistent smoking mm-hmm. that makes you kind of like, I see people smoke. <laughs> I mean, we're in LA. People smoke everywhere all the time. All the time. And all I, day. And every I don't day. know how. Like, when I was in San Francisco once and my Lyft driver told me that he was high right now. And mm-hmm. I was like, first of all, I don't think you should disclose <laughs> that information. And second of all, I can, I can kind of tell anyway. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how the fuck you're driving while you're high. I can't do anything while oh, I'm high. Oh, really? See, I could drive when I'm high. Um, I One of the things I do is, like, if I have an audition or, some, like, a bunch of shit to do during the day and then I have an evening that's, like, free and I don't have anything to do till later... I'll just, like, fucking smoke in my car and then sit in traffic and uh, giggle to myself. What? Also, I'm, like, a movie person who's high. Like, I just giggle. I love to giggle when I'm stoned. Um, also, I have a hard time finding strains that agree with me. Same. So, like, I mean, sometimes I'll smoke. I like shitty weed. Hmm. People love it. They're like, this will fucking knock you on your ass and you'll leave your body and you'll pass away. I don't want that. Right. I want really shitty weed where I'm just like, (laughs) what are we going to do later? You can't see me right now because podcasting is not a visual medium, but I'm just bouncing. She's bouncing. And moving my hands around. But (laughs) that's the weed I like. I like, um, I like 
weed that gives me good creative, a good creative mm. high, like a happy high. Yes. But I also am prone. I ha- I'm like, I get very anxious and depressed or I can get very anxious and depressed. Mm-hmm. And I think like whenever I'm smoking those kinds of weed, I think they're called sativas. Yeah, they are. They make me extremely paranoid. Sativa's an upper, yeah, allegedly. the sativa. And then the yeah. indica's a downer, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. I have these little pre-rolls that are uh, a hybrid. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like the shitty, the shitty like dust that they yeah. put in these pre-rolls because they were free. And I love them. And Those I think I have to go back and be like, because they're the most mellow I high. Need. Yeah, I just want to be a little mellow. Yeah. Because if I smoke, if I smoke too much or like, too much of good weed, I go, what? It makes me am bananas. I doing? Why are we here? Yes. Like, am I <laughs> am actually I happy? funny? Am I doing a good job? Tomorrow I have to get on a stage. Why do like, I do that? People are gonna laugh. Like, what if they don't? Also, what if I never figure out what we're meant to do while we're here? Like, I just get too much in my head. Do you and- ever like wonder how you write jokes? Like, like I feel like yeah. every time I write a joke and it's funny, it's a miracle. Like, yes. I don't know how I write jokes. Well, I don't like. write jokes stoned. I can't because I once wrote a sketch stoned mm-hmm. and it was about bougie mice. Oh, this sounds good. And it's based <laughs> on the mice in my New York City apartment would not eat the peanut butter we left in traps, but they would eat blueberries. <laughs> and these I was like, are these are some bougie some ass bougie fucking ass mice. Rice. Who were like, you better only serve me some organic, fresh, whole foods we blueberries. Had a, we had a mouse in my first New York City apartment that literally would, we would turn on the lights in hopes that it would run away, like mm-hmm. when the lights turned on, but it wouldn't run away. It this was is literally, New York? this is in New York City, this yeah. is in Harlem, New York. Mm-hmm. It would literally just stand in the, on its hind yep. legs in the middle of the living yep. room where everyone could <laughs> see it. <laughs> And we were like, oh, this is the this is your house. Not I don't our house. say the word often, but New York City mice are some real hood They're niggas. gangster ass they mice. They don't give fucking, a shit, dude. They don't give a shit. Like we had this mouse in my house <laughs> who you would feel like like doo, 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 like next to you on the couch and you look over and the mouse would just be sitting there watching TV being like, what's up? Yep. Aren't we both watching we both live here. this rerun of Frasier? Yep. But you're a piece of shit because you pay rent yes, and I don't. That's I how pay, I felt I like the mouse. I pay rent and you're just living here. Talk to me. Eating my food. Yeah. Ugh. I. Gross. Miss New York, but also I, I could never. <laughs> really? I, I miss not driving. I really hate driving. But don't. Do you have a car? I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to. I mean, I... Well, some people don't have cars. I actually think... I mean, I didn't have a car for the first two years that I was here. Mm -hmm. And I loved not having a car Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to worry about parking. What kind of car did you get? A Honda two-door red sporty car. A Civic. A Civic. Uh, A CRZ. Okay. Clearly, I don't know since I didn't say that. (laughs) No, I know. My sister and I were having a conversation where she was like, how are you? And I was like, good. And my car's in the shop. Something's wrong with my sunroof. And I don't have a sunroof. The the man at the shop was like, there's a problem with your sunroof. And I said, sir, I don't have one. <laughs> and he went, hmm. And that's Interesting. it. And I said, well, all right. <laughs> okay. So whatever. They fixed it. And uh, I had a loaner car because I take it back to the dealership because it's still under warranty, <laughs> magically. And... Uh, my sister's like, oh, what kind of car do you have? I was like, a convertible. She's like, is that the brand? And I was like, what? No. 
Convertible's not the brand of car. I got so angry with her because she grew up with me and I love cars and I've talked about cars. So I was like, do you never listen to me? Did you think Convertible was a brand? No, I know it's a type of car, okay. but I've also messed up in that way. So mm. I won't judge your sister. <laughs> My sister is the sweetest. She, I asked her if I could tell this story on the podcast. and so She was like, sure. Uh, one day I'll have to just have her on. But she had a date with this dude and it went well. And she was like, I was like, did you guys make out? And she goes, yeah, we were kissing. And then like, I kept feeling his tongue trying to penetrate my mouth. So then I was like, I guess I'll just open my mouth if that's where his tongue needs to be. And I was like, Catherine, yeah, he's trying to like French kiss you. And she's like, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I was like, does my tongue go in his mouth? And I was like, yes. And then I was like, how did your second date go? She was like, well, I just had a, a bout with the stomach flu, so I was holding in a fart the whole time. And I was like, why didn't you cancel on him? She was like, I didn't want him to go away. And I was like, oh, girl. You gotta I, have her on. She is so funny in a way that I don't I mean, understand sometimes. How old is she? I'm gonna be 32 or 33, I think. So she's either 33 or 34. Okay. I think she's 34, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but she's the polar opposite of me. I'm like 5'7", she's 5 foot nothing. Mm -hmm. I would would even say she's 4'11", but she likes to be like... She's a tiny lady. Tiny, fat ass, tiny titties, good waist, great hair, good face. Like, my sister's hot. Okay. She's so hot. Uh, And uh, yeah, we're very different people. All right. She's a very quiet, hot person in a corner that you're like, "Mm, are they hot? And you're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, they have. How many siblings do you have? I have six. Oh, yes. I did know this. You come from a very big family. And you are a twin. I am. And then, are there another sort of twin? No, just you guys. Just us. We're the only twins in the family. Which is so wild. But I have twin cousins. Twins run in the family. That's wild. Yeah. And are you, you're Haitian. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then your parents, they're both from Haiti? Yeah. I was born in Haiti. What? Yes. This I did not know. What? Did not know. I was very much born in Haiti. When did you move here? When I was four years old. Oh, so you don't remember Haiti. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember bits. Do you? I don't really remember very much about life before, like, kindergarten. I I mean, I think it's because it was a very... um, I I don't know. I remember beaches. We lived in Saint-Louis-Dinaud, which is like um, a coastal part Mm -hmm. of Haiti. It's like northern coast of Haiti. Oh. And so I remember like very, and, I, and my memory is garbage. So mm-hmm. like it's like very vivid, like uh, beach, the house, or or like specific things that happen, but not very much. I'm always jealous of like movies where someone recalls something in great detail from their childhood. And they're like, and that is why I'm fucked up. I'm like, why can't I remember more? I don't know. I don't like I... I also have a terrible memory. Like, I, I don't know memory. what I ate for dinner yesterday. Yeah. It's because there's too many things for us to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But I also think people remember the things that impacted them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so I was just watching the Robert Durst, the Jinx special oh, you're on late. HBO. I'm super late. I'm always late. I've also never seen it. So, yeah. like, I haven't even arrived. Yeah, but he had a lot of fucked up shit that happened in his childhood. So mm-hmm. he has, like, a very vivid memory of his childhood, even oh. though he's, like, old. He's, like, in his 70s, you know? So mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess sad, I do but... remember traumatic things. 
Like I once, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I once fingerprinted the wallpaper in the downstairs bathroom with ink just all over it. And my dad went to the bathroom and he was like, Nicole! And I was like, tee hee hee, what's up, dude? Do you like what I did? And he did not. And he picked me up by my head and was like, what are you doing? And then set me down. And I just remember being like, is my head going to pop right off my body? Also, I think I did a great job. Turns out, you know, people do not like it when you fingerprint their wallpaper. Yeah, that was a little bit of a reaction. It was a bit much on your dad's (laughs) part. I don't know if that was necessary. No, probably not. But I feel like black parents uh, often react in a way that is a little too extreme for the thing that uh, was done. So um, you've talked about your therapist on this podcast a lot, and I actually go to the same therapist. Uh And this very same therapist has talked to me about... Trauma. Trauma from slavery. From slavery and being beaten. Blew my and fucking because, mind. You, you know, of course, Haitians beat the shit out of their kids. Black, <laughs> black, black parents, beat, parents beat the fuck. Their kids. And it's and and you don't ever think about it as trauma. Because mm-hmm. you just think about, yeah, I I did something bad that I probably I definitely should have been uh-huh. punished for, but I don't know if it was I don't know if what I did, you know was necessary to get, like, whooped yes. for, like, with rage. very interesting because I feel like a lot of white parents do not beat their children. Yeah, and they... Because what they've, should. you know, transferred <laughs> down... I mean, yeah. white people have trauma as well. They do, absolutely. they... Watching someone get beat, you cannot live a life and not hold some ill feelings about seeing that. Like, I, I refuse to believe that you don't feel some type of way about it. But, like, you pass down that trauma, and I feel like... You've also passed down like, well, yeah, sure, my kid is bad, but like not as bad as this one over here. And I think that's a thing that's been passed down, which it's just so interesting to think that like something that happened to your ancestors hundreds of years ago affects you today now. Yeah. Every black person I know is in therapy or and if they're not, I encourage them to be. And I'm so grateful and thankful that, uh, Therapy amongst, I feel like, our generation of black people is uh, less stigmatized. Uh-huh. But, like, my uncles and people in my family who are, like, 40s and up are like, you don't need therapy. Yeah. Why are you on uh, ADD medication? And, like, because it was life-changing. Yeah. And it was, it didn't save my life, but it made my life so much more easier to manage. Yeah. And... It, like it, it's helpful. And my uncle at one point was like, "I don't think you have ADD," and I was like, "Well, what's wrong with me?" He's like, "I don't know." And I was like, "Cool, great. Keep that diagnosis good, to yourself." Good explanation. When I told my mom that I was seeing a therapist, she told me that I just needed to pray. <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. "You know, thank you." Um, and like, not to knock anybody's religion, but like, when you pray, no one is telling you something tangible that you can do to make your life more manageable. I actually would knock religion (laughs) for this specifically and specifically for black people you know just because i because i grew up in the haitian church and i saw how it held back black people in particular immigrants and like black immigrants in particular i think like um, if you're black in this country imagine being a black immigrant in this country yes you don't speak the language you already feel you know, inferior because mm-hmm, you are, you are black. because you are treated that way. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have the challenge of not speaking the language and the challenge of navigating a world where you just absolutely don't know what the fuck <laughs> the customs are. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
it's such a scary thing to navigate. And I, th- and I, I mean, I don't know if every church is like this, but I grew up in a church <laughs> that I feel did not give us, didn't help, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like just did not help. I think like we were taught to be like deferential for no reason, mm-hmm. never ask questions, never question anyone, yes. never, never speak up and well, speak up to authority. Churches. It's all, all this is the things that I think are really are like, do not question. Don't what question anything. And I think like black people can't afford to not question. Yeah, you got to question everything. You because do. You don't know if you're like if someone's giving you the short end of the stick or like what? Like it's fucked. But also, like, education and knowledge and just knowing mm-hmm. is the only thing we have. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. And I'm just like, if I don't know how to navigate my own emotions mm-hmm. and, like, figure out how my past is affecting the way that I am every day or, like, affecting, mm-hmm. like, depression or anxiety or whatever, I need tools. Yes. And I can't go to I can't go to a church that takes those tools away from me. I really think it's a detriment to a lot of communities. You just took me to church, girl. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Uh, But I just want to okay. So someone DM'd me Mm -hmm. on Instagram and said, "Hey, love you and think you're great, but just to let you know, the system is built for rich white people to become richer, not just any old white person." You're super great, but please don't lump all white people together. I understand the irony of me saying that, but I'm a French-Canadian boy whose ancestors were opposed and... uh, Oh, no, sorry. Whose ancestors were oppressed and never owned slaves. Well, I won't say your real name. I fully disagree with you. The system was not made for rich white people because when we walk into a job interview, me and you nice white man... No one's going to ask you what your tax bracket is. They're just going to see the color of your skin and their implicit bias is going to want to hire you over me. Implicit bias is a thing that people don't ever think about. And then I like I read that message and was like, black women can't wear natural hairstyles to some jobs. No, I'm literally like trying to like lower my blood pressure right now. <laughs> like, like listening to that message. Fucking nuts that because people don't understand. It's, it's that. nuts. And I and I think the thing is, I think when white people couch these kinds of sentiments and like, I love you, but mm-hmm. I think they don't understand. Not I think. They very much don't understand that it's just as racist as someone who outwardly thinks that black people are garbage and uh-huh. like you know, like this comparison or this unwillingness to see the difference even yes. now in Trump land, like, yes. I think is absurd. And I think that I don't have any time for it anymore. And well, it's I, I don't just I don't even want to like. So no mind It's nobody's job to like educate this person. No, fucking Google. About how if dumb they are. Michigan was 99 percent white, their water situation would have been fixed. I, I genuinely don't feel like we even have to go over this anymore. I <laughs> it's mean, like I, Trump I is I the president for this like exact it, reason. But like if my listeners are listening and you're feeling some type of way, you feel some type just of way. Know that the president threw paper towels at Puerto Rico. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I just there's just like a thing where, you know, he said that African countries are shithole. Like there's you got to understand that, like, people who are not white presenting are met at a disadvantage a lot of the time. Like, if you get to start at 100, we start at, like, an 80. Yeah. 70. But the thing about that message in particular that really bothers me is, like, you know, Trump came to rise because of white resentment. Mm-hmm. Because of white people who who are—because who because of nice white people who have black friends 
who are secretly angry about whatever the fuck that they've been made to believe is wrong. How many conversations I have been privy to about straight white men saying, ugh, I can't get a job right now because they're only looking to go ethnic, or I lost a role because they're going ethnic. And I... Uh, now I don't feel like I'm the one who needs to educate you, but I'm like, no. you think you lost a role? Well, if the two leads were people of color, guess who would get that character role, my character friend? It'd be you. You know what I think it genuinely is? I think it's because for the first time, white people are, are realizing that they also have to compete. When, like, black people and immigrants have been competing the entire time. Yeah. We've always known that you don't, no one hands you anything. Yeah. But now that you're actually having to compete because it's a more globalized world, Mm -hmm. you're angry. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's like, instead of being angry, just compete. (laughs) Just get to work and stop pointing fingers, you nice white person Uh who is secretly not nice at all. I cannot think of a black actor or actress who has a story where they're like, the first audition I went on, I booked it. I feel like we all work so fucking we hard. so hard. <laughs> I can't. With like, no been safety some... net a lot of the time. No. No. You just have to, like, keep fucking grinding. You just have to keep grinding. And the thing is, like, it's okay for everyone to have to compete. That's that's what everyone's been doing. That's the whole world's been is. doing that the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. These things make me very annoyed. <laughs> I'm just, like, because it's taking my attention from a from, like, a white person who's Perfectly fine. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you didn't have to send that message. No, and I don't know why you, th- like, did you think I was going to read it and go, oh, yeah. well, I guess the poor whites are, uh. And also this really, nice white person really is also just... policing you, uh-huh. by the way. They're yes. telling you what to think and what to do. Yes. And it's like, and it's a boy. It's a white man, of course, uh-huh. who thinks he very nicely is telling you what to do. I, I, I don't even, girl, I'm just like, don't come to this podcast. I mean. Don't come to, why won't you date I'm me? I'm not sure <laughs> why he thought I would this read This is going to be your space. Yes. And I would go, oh, yes. Get out of here, dude. And the, one of the reasons why I got off Facebook is because um, my, one of my dear, dear friends had posted something about uh, racial inequality. And she was like, me as a white person, I need to be more cognizant that the world is not inherently inclusive. I have an advantage. White privilege is a real thing. And I just need to remember that in my soul. And I was like, ooh, baby, my friend is fucking, I don't like the term woke, but I was like, she's being thoughtful. Yes, I have plenty of of white friends who are always like, you know what? I'm not going to ask you to spend the emotional energy to explain this to me. I'm like, thank you. I can use fucking Google and someone has already written an essay about (laughs) it. Exactly. There are people you could follow on Twitter who will clear some shit up for you. And um, so someone commented on it. I came from poverty. I was never at an advantage. I didn't have money, blah, 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 blah. And I commented, I was like, it's not a money thing. It is just like at face value. I always tell white you people, are at an if advantage. you are someone who questions white privilege, and I, I honestly like don't want to, like, I feel like I'm done with this person. I mean. I, just because it raises my blood pressure. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're a white person who questions your white privilege, if I ask you, would you rather not be white right now? If, mm-hmm. someone's, if, if someone gave you the option to not mm-hmm. be white right now, and you... 
have a you, your stomach clenches up, your heart uh-huh. starts to race because it, the same person who claims there is no white privilege mm-hmm. would, never would never want to not give be white. Up being white. And I wonder why. I wonder if it's because you know you are at an advantage, yes. even if you are poor. <laughs> so yes. no one's saying that. White, like I, I get mad just having to explain this because there we all know you know what it is. And I, because you won't give it up. Oprah episode yes. where this old white woman's like, ah, right, you know, fake white privilege exists. I know exactly Would what you're you talking want about. To be black and a room full of white people are like, absolutely not, absolutely not. I mean, the same, the very same white people who two seconds before said there yes, is no white privilege. Yes. So what is it that you're scared to it's lose so if it doesn't exist? And then in this the is same why, breath, to me, these conversations I are nonsensical. They don't make sense. It's like don't. it's like I'm talking to a, a dumb, uneducated person. Yeah. So I'd rather talk to someone who who is acknowledging reality, because mm-hmm. now it's like we can't even be on the same wavelength. Because yeah, you're not acknowledging reality. When people are like white privilege <laughs> doesn't exist. I'm like, y'all know that like my aunts and uncles live through segregation, like. Chris Rock on one of his specials talked about. I think it was on Tambourine. He talked about how like his mom or dad or his grandmother or whatever um it had to go to the vet for the dentist what? because they couldn't go to a white dentist they had to I go mean, to the vet it's crazy that people are this like, is chris rock's fucking yeah parent people are still or, alive like, who had to sit in the balcony at a movie theater because yes. they couldn't sit below but not only that it's, every freaking day i have to deal with being a black woman i have all white yeah. reps uh-huh. And I'm very aware of the fact that I'm a black person mm-hmm. when I'm on the phone with all white reps. <laughs> I mean, being a black woman is very hard. I had a meeting with some reps who were like, uh, I had said, I can't remember what I said that created the response where they said, well, we only work as hard as you work. Thank and I you. said, I work very hard. <laughs> Wait, how recent was this? This was very recent when I dropped my old manager. Uh, when you're on multiple TV shows and touring and uh-huh. have a podcast. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yeah, they That's were like, really we only nice. work as hard as you work. And I said, well, <laughs> I like took a moment and I said, I work pretty hard. Nobody's ever just given me anything. Right. I've been lucky. I've been in the right place at the right time. Right. But on top of the things that I've gotten being lucky, I've created other opportunities. Truly, I, I am work, shaking, Nicole. <laughs> I work maybe Truly. seven days a week most Truly. of the year. Yeah. I'm on a fucking plane almost every week. Truly. I, I don't shaking. turn down a lot of opportunities because you don't know what opportunity begets opportunity. Yeah. I work hard. You and do. I just was like so floored that they looked at me and thought that like, to say the that. world wanted to give a fucking fat black woman a chance. If anything, they I should be like, we would love to work with the you. Fat you work black so women hard. who have careers. Yes. I can count on my fucking hand. And you want to say you'll only work as hard as I work? Then, bitch, I guess bullshit. you will work 24 this 7. Is some bullshit. No, I went with reps who were like, we see how hard you work yes, and we like it. That's how Being you a talk black woman to you. is <laughs> very hard. We have to take a break. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton 
Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. And we're back. Uh, 
Sharla, we were talking about how hard it is to be a black woman. Uh, according to a lot of studies that I have read, a lot of articles, the bottom of the dating totem pole is black women and mm-hmm. Asian men. Mm-hmm. And you are married to an Asian man I am. that you met on a fucking app. Yes. <sighs> Girl. Girl. Spell. Bae's cute, though. I don't know what they're talking about. He's, I think he's very handsome. Bae's a cutie between I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I, I mean, I feel like this study was, like, old. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's still true. But... Um, I don't know if it's still true either. I need to yeah. Google again. Yeah. Uh, but can you tell me... Okay, so you before you met your now husband, were you dating a lot? No. <laughs> okay. So you turned no. to the apps. Yes. Was Tinder the first one you joined? No. It was probably the fourth, fifth, okay. maybe. Yeah. And then how far into having Tinder did you meet him? I actually met him very early on Tinder because Tinder was like the last app that I used. Mm-hmm. And it, I was like at my I was at my wit's end. I was like right about to give up. I was just like, whatever, I'll just try this one since it's a new one and mm-hmm. everybody's on it. And I think I, like, deleted it right before I, like, put it back on again because the last person I met before I deleted it stood me up in Uh, the most annoying way. Wait, how? Like, he, like, we rescheduled a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. And then I literally went to the place that we said we were going to meet. And then he texted me, like, hey, I don't think I can come. And I was just like, "Didn't you didn't think that you could have texted me that two hours ago? Yes. And I think I messaged him. I was like, hey, here, where are you? <laughs> like, I think that shit is so rude, that obviously. That is so rude. I was so, appa- like, I was so appalled at just, like, the lack of home training. Yes. <laughs> like, the lack of, like, politeness that I just was like, fuck this app. I don't want to use this. And then I was like, fine, I'll give it one more shot. Mm. Like, that was, the that was, like, the one person that I met. But also, this explains why anytime I meet a man, like, Two hours beforehand, they're like, are we still meeting? And I'm always like, yeah, bro, we fucking made this time. Yeah, it's because... I can't imagine standing someone up. I'm late to everything, but I can't imagine just not showing up. It would be beyond me to just not show up. And not tell anyone that I'm... Yeah. And then that person had the audacity to Mm -mm. message me after that. Mm. After they stood me up to say, hey, do you want to meet up? And I blocked them and I was just like, we're never... (laughs) Like, no, you're so dead sorry. Now. You, we are never ever yeah, getting back together. Is it a? It's a song. That's a Taylor who, Swift song. Taylor Swift. Yeah. I just got sent a Taylor Swift PR box from Netflix Sweet. for her Reputation tour. I thought it was something. So okay, I have a. I had a decorator decorate my uh my abode, and I thought it was something she had ordered, but it turns out it was just a PR kit from Netflix, and it just sang a bunch of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. It was bad. And I, I said, I throw this right away. I'm a secret Taylor Swift fan. Really? I will take it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's... I don't talk about it, and I don't listen to her when other black people are around. But I, I fuck. I love it. that black people have like little secrets where they're like, mm, I won't do this in front of my other black friends. But uh, I do love this one Taylor Swift song, the one that's "Look What You Made Me Do." Uh, I, I think love is that a whole album. Perfect, perfect, <laughs> a perfect pop yeah. It's a perfect pop song. I love it. That's. I think she has a bunch of perfect pop songs. They're so fun. She is not my favorite performer to watch. I've never watched her perform, and I never T. will. T Swift, if you're listening, songs. I'm so sorry. Uh, I think you need to get more in tune with your body. She's boring. 
She's super boring, but a, a wanna be an end game <laughs> fucks with that shit, bro. Wait, okay. A wanna so be a first. I'm like, damn, this damn man. It, these songs are so fun. Yes. He he didn't meet up with you. Then he was like, meet up with me, and you're yes. like, no, and no, no, like, you're dead. No. So then you put me. Tinder back on your phone. I did because I was just like, I had no other prospects. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, uh-huh. you get lonely again, <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> um, and I think he was. The, like the one of the first people I met, and I I've only met two people. Like I only met two people from. I mean, I was supposed to meet one, and he yes. didn't show up because he talked to a bunch of people, but I never actually met a bunch of people. Your dating life is a literal baseball game. It sucked. You had three strikes, and yeah. one of them you weren't out. And me and is that baseball. The first, the first <laughs> I app I, I don't know baseball. Right? Uh, <laughs> the first. And I and I didn't have three strikes. I had two, I guess. I mean, I had one. Oh, oh, and then the yes. second person okay, I so met. Okay, so you had two strikes and then a home run. Yes. There we go. That's I had one baseball. strike and then a home run. Is it? Okay. Okay. I think so. <laughs> don't and know. then there's 22 innings. What? That's a lot. I don't know. There's a fucking lot of innings. That's a lot of innings. I've never been Base- to a baseball so game. And I'm waiting for the right person to I convince did, and me. I s- fell asleep. Really? It was boring, yeah. The I way it was described school. to me was it's a bar with a game going on. <laughs> it's a That's live game. That's basically it. And it's not like athletic at all. It's just a bunch of dudes. Yeah, a bunch of dudes fucking swinging bats trying to That's hit exactly little balls. That's exactly what it is. Some of them got bellies. Like they don't look yeah. like they're athletes. Babe Ruth had a big old belly. He had a giant belly. It's just a bunch of dudes. Seems like anyone can <laughs> play baseball. Yeah, I could probably play baseball. I can't. You I was could. bad at T ball. I would always hit the fucking T stand or whatever. Anywho, so you meet the boo. I meet the boo. I mean, I the first app I was ever on, well, it wasn't it was before we had apps. I was on eHarmony. That was the first thing I ever got they on. They rejected me. Oh, she, you can get rejected by eHarmony? You sure can. <laughs> and then my sister had her account like uh someone like broke into it and like uh posted different photos. It was mm-hmm. like very weird, so they kicked her off of it. So the buyer girls cannot nice. be on eHarmony. I was in e- I was on eHarmony in college, mm-hmm. and which is the lamest thing in the world because college is a place you go to meet dudes, and I did not that meet anyone. Is it was kind so of funny lame. that you were like, "No, I won't fellowship around campus. I'll stay in my room I and on wanted my computer." A real like I'm using air quotes. A real man, <laughs> just because I I was an RA in college, and I felt uh-huh. that the dudes were too immature. Sure. I've always been an old lady, like, in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, I wanted someone, like, more mature. But Fair, And I also sense. just was, like, a giant nerd, and I wasn't dating. <laughs> and I was, like, such, I was such a nerd. And I was also, like, super Christian. Oh, whatever. I mean, yeah, oh, we all have God. things that we need to tear yeah, through. We do. I went to college with a bunch, I went to musical theater school, so it was mm-hmm. just a bunch of gay men. So, like... I wasn't going to find anyone on campus. Right. So I had to just fuck random people I met in bars. My fir- my college was 70% women and 30% guys because Dang. it used to be um, an all-girls school that mm-hmm. went co-ed like a few years before I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of gay dudes. Okay. Um, I, I fit in. It was a perfect experience for me. I really I loved love it. I do love I truly love gay my, men. Yeah. They are... Just great. I have so They're many great. gay male friends that I just really They're am great. so thankful for. So wait, tell me about meeting your boo-boo. Okay. So we meet on Tinder. Yeah. We match. And what I liked about him on Tinder was like after a few, like the first day we messaged, 
we already knew we were going to meet each other, which I liked. Okay. Because some dudes will drag it on for God if knows dude why. doesn't say, let's go for drinks within a week, I'm done. But but that's what I mean. Like, within the first day that we were mm-hmm. messaging, he was like, hey, do you want to meet? And I was like, yes. <laughs> okay. That is why we're doing this. Uh-huh. So we decided to meet... Um, I was at the time I was hosting a show at UCB East called Something Cool. It was a midnight show. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I also had lost all hope, you know, like mm-hmm. I was just like, whatever, you know, I'm dead inside yes. as far as dudes and dating goes. Oh, I know the feeling. So I wanted to like have this date and just have something else to do mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I could, I have an exit. Yes. And I look busy, you know, because mm-hmm. I am. I am busy. I was busy at the time, but I just wanted like an exit. You I just wanted, like, wanted like, him to know that you were busy and not making something up. You were like, I have a tangible thing. I have, I have a thing to do. But I also really wanted an out. Like I wanted like a time to this date. Like yes. I know it's going to end because I, I, I'd i been on a bunch of awkward dates that like I had to just be like, all right, bye. <laughs> but it is weird. And I would love to know how other people end dates. Yeah. But I usually just go, I have a really early morning and I gotta go. So, uh, I'm such a terrible liar, like to the point where I think that, like, I mean, I think I'm like a little, I don't know if it's, you know, um, not cool to say this, but I feel like a little bit on the spectrum when it comes to, like, I just tell the exact truth, Uh (laughs) like, very plain. Yeah. Like, I don't wanna be here anymore. (laughs) Like, I'll just Uh. be like, I wanna go now. I'm not good at lying or making up sure. a reason. And when I do, I start to, like, stutter and, mm-hmm. like, I start to sweat a little. So mm-hmm. I just just say, I, I think uh, this is good. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've come to a natural yeah, end. Yeah, I think this is over. Yeah, um, goodbye. So I wanted, an, I wanted an exact end time to this date. Yes. So I have my, my show. We're supposed to meet around, like, 8 or 9. Um, he ends up running, he's running late to the date. Mm -hmm. He texts me, which is all I ask if you're running late, Mm -hmm. text, because that is nice. (laughs) So he texts me, he's running late, he's coming from Jersey. I'm like, cool. Oh, okay. We meet at Greenwich Treehouse. This is the first date that we ever have. Um, he texts me, he goes, I'm the Jesus looking Indian guy (laughs) when you see me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm the black looking black girl (laughs) when you see me. And I was like sitting by the window, I was wearing like my tight little dress yeah, um, it was cold as fuck. It was February, uh-huh. and we meet. He buys me. He's gorgeous. I think he's uh-huh. got beautiful eyes. Oh, and he buys me a drink. Mm-hmm. We start talking. I'm like, uh, I'm like a mute on this date. Like I literally mm-hmm. don't talk. Like the first hour, I think. Like you know, I answer his questions, but I think I was just so like. I mean, the whole time I'm just having dialogue in my head about like what I'm looking at and like what's Uh happening because from the very beginning of the date he was just normal and just normal (laughs) like I don't even know how else to describe it I feel like let's see I've only had that happen one time where I was like looking across from someone and I was like oh my god I think you're a person that I can talk to for that, a, a long I, time. And it's so it's so sad because the bar is so yeah, low. It's <laughs> and it was just like very low. he was just talking to me like a person. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> like, but also it's just like someone who it seems was to weird. be genuinely interested in you. He he's a good conversationalist. Mm-hmm. He was just genuinely interested in in meeting me and mm-hmm. talking to me. And like I was I couldn't believe it. So I the whole time in my head I was just I mean, the whole time I was just in my head like 
I think he's normal. <laughs> and, I, and he's cute. And I think he, like, I think he's kind of likes me because, mm-hmm. like, he would, you know, he would do things like touch my shoulder or, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, just do the things that I'm like, oh, he likes me. Uh-huh. I think we kissed. I, he kissed me, like, I think two hours, like, not super long into the date. Wait, so, like, your date didn't end with a kiss? You were kissing, like, while, like, while the date was going? And we talk about this all the time because I think, like, his Mac game was so strong. Uh-huh. You know, like, because I was just, like, he... Because I'd been on other... And, you know, like, if you're in the comedy scene, if if a if a comic wants to bang, like, they'll do weird things, like, mm-hmm. because they, they just want to bang. So they don't want to, yeah. like... They don't want to, like, lead you on and make you think they, that they, they like, want a exactly. real relationship. So they'll just, like, they'll just be... Like, be but there's yeah. always just like weirdness, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on, and and you start to get it, like oh, they just like want to bang, but like he did think, or I would be on a date and I just wouldn't know if the guy liked me or found me attractive, yes. or like I would be, or I would be with a friend who I think was kind of trying mm-hmm. to like flirt, but I, it's confusing. Wait, so how did he kiss you in the middle of your date? I don't even remember because again, I have a terrible memory, but. We were, were just sitting talking. across from each other? Or I was sitting, sitting on a stool other? and he was standing and we were facing each other. Oh, okay. So and you were like at a bar. We were at a bar. We were at Greenwich Treehouse. Okay. In, uh, what is that? Like, uh, I've never Lower fucking East. been to Grandma's Treehouse. It's in Greenwich Village. Um, so now I'm going to go into the Brit- a British accent. Okay. But like, anyway, so, so, so he kisses me. Yes. I don't remember how it happened, but uh-huh. it, it definitely took me by surprise because it was like, again, in my head, like, oh my God, he kissed me. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it wasn't gross. It wasn't <sighs> like, um, it wasn't like too intense. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. just like, it was just, just right. It was like, okay, I get it, you know? And then from there on, like his hand was on my waist, but not in a <sighs> way that was like too pushy. It no, was just in a, a way, way that where I was like, like, I find you attractive. I find you attractive and I feel comfortable enough exactly. to do this. And I want you to know that I want to touch you. And oh, I was like, I get boy. it, <laughs> you know? So we're so engrossed in the date, even though I'm like literally mute. I literally don't talk <laughs> the entire time. And I realize that, oh, shit, it's like 1150. It's like mm-hmm. 11 something. And I have to oh, fucking yeah, run and go to my, to my freaking show. Mm-hmm. And so I'm freaking out at the time. I didn't tell him this, but I was so fucking broke. I didn't have enough money for like a cab. Mm-hmm. And so we go down. I think it's like 1115 or whatever. Um, I just jumped the shark of the story. But anyway, it's like 11.15. We run. Mm-hmm. We, we go down to the train. I'm waiting for the F train. Fucking F train is like not running. It's like fucking midnight on a Saturday. I mean, the F train is Saturday. It, it was just like unreal. <laughs> I was so mad. Mm-hmm. So we wait for the F train for like probably 20 minutes, probably 30 mm-hmm. to the point where I just literally leave the station and I start booking it to my show because, again, we're, like, at the F train. Wait, so. did you leave him down there? No, no, he came with me. Oh, okay. he came to the show? Okay, I'm not telling this story well. So I tell him that I have <laughs> a fucking show and uh-huh. I gotta go, you know? So he, and I was just, he was like, can I come? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I didn't really want you to come, but I kind of feel like I like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think we're having a good time, so... You can come, but just know it's a comedy show, and sometimes comedy shows are great, and sometimes they're awful. So, Mm -hmm. like, don't have any expectation, and I don't want to talk about the show after the show. (laughs) Like, Don't say anything to me about the show, no matter how it goes or whatever. Okay. So we go to the F train, wait for the F train for, like, fucking half an hour. Mm -hmm. It never fucking comes. I have to, like, book it out of the station, 
I'm too broke for a cab and I don't want to tell him that or ask him for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally walking from like what the West Fourth stop to like Second Avenue. <laughs> like, um, yeah, that sucks. It's a it's a walk. It's a walk. So I'm just yeah. like huffing it, and I'm like, my friend um, James was on the show that night, and I texted him, and I was like, can you open the show for me because I don't think I'm gonna fucking mm-hmm. make it. Um, and I'm like such a I'm so type A about being like I it's also it's my show so I'm like I, I can't be late yeah <laughs> like, it's my show and I'm late because I'm a hussy I'm like on a fucking you know because I'm trying to get my pussy I'm trying dipped to get my in. pussy dipped in and I'm like you know I'm liking a guy but like whatever so I'm like huffing it to the show he's walking in lockstep with me mm-hmm. he's like freaking out he's like what can I do how can I help you and I'm just like no there's nothing I can do <laughs> I'm just like huffing it to my fucking show. I make it right on time, mm-hmm. like literally ru- like running on my feet to the show with, with him beside me. Mm-hmm. He sits in the audience. We start the show. I, at the time, I had just released my web series, and I was screening mm-hmm. episodes of my web series. So he learned a ton about me. So much. He learned a ton about me on this show. He saw me host the show. Mm-hmm. He saw me do stand-up. He saw my web series. Yeah. He's like, you know, I had a, I had a, you know, I light up when I'm hosting a show, yes. when I'm doing comedy. I love it, you know? <laughs> so he kind of sees me in my element. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's sexy, you know, mm-hmm. of course. And, I, and I'm not I'm not a usually confident person, but in those moments, I'm very confident. Mm-hmm. This is where I this is what I put my heart and soul into, you know. So I think that I genuinely think that that is what made him be like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know. But like even if he was like, oh, shit, I don't know. But after the show, I have a great show. I'm like hanging out with all my friends. He hang, he hangs back, mm-hmm. which I loved. Because he didn't try to, like, be a part of yeah, the conversation. He, he doesn't know you. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know them. Yes. He didn't try to, like, but he take can. attention. Yeah. Yeah, and that's great. That's a I great thought, thing. I mean, I was just like, if, I was like, this is the perfect date. Because I see so much of how we could, you know, interact or be good or bad for mm-hmm. each other because of how you're acting in these situations, you know? Like, I was freaking out, and he tried to be supportive, but he also, like, gave me space mm-hmm. because I'm, like, freaking out. There's nothing you can do. I'm, like, huffing it to my show, mm-hmm. and I'm not telling you that I'm too broke to afford a cab mm-hmm. at this point. But, um, and then, so, I like, I finished ha- chatting with all my friends and, like, you know, saying bye to everyone and thanking mm-hmm. them for being on the show. We, we have a drink at the bar at UCB East. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, he, I tell him I'm tired. It's like two or three or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm, again, an old lady. So I'm What time like, did you guys meet? We met, I think, around nine. I think we were supposed to meet Ugh, at eight. How magical. Yeah. What a we nice, were supposed long day. Exactly. We were supposed to meet at eight, but he was late. So he got there around nine. And then I had to be at my show at midnight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, around 11.15, I start to roll over. And then, of course, that whole F train thing mm-hmm, happened. Mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. that was the timeline. And so I'm like, I'm sleepy. <laughs> I want to go home. And he's like, all right, I'll 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 ride with you on the okay. train. And I was like, okay, but I also know that nothing's going to happen because I'm okay. not going to do anything. Um, and I was just like, are you sure? Because I live all the way in Harlem, you know, and mm-hmm. we were in the East Village and it's long. And I was like, are you sure? Like, you know, and he insisted to ride with me on the train. So... He rides with me on the train. Mm-hmm. We get off. Uh, I get off a stop before my regular stop because I'm Haitian and I'm, you know, I don't trust nobody, <laughs> especially not dudes. That's hilarious. We get off a stop before and I say, all right, thank you. <laughs> like, this is where I leave you. Mm-hmm. 
And we said goodbye. And then we met up again, you know, a few days later. He he asked. Oh, days he, later. Yeah, he texted me. He was just like, you want to hang out again? We met up again a few days later. Okay. Um, He does the same thing. He rides me. He rides with me, like, mm-hmm. back home on the train. Mm-hmm. And I figure out at this point that he lives in fucking, where is it? Um, What is this neighborhood? Fort Hamilton, Brooklyn. Okay. He literally lives like the opposite. Yes, <laughs> like he that li- is so fucking so he would, far away. So he would ride with me like on the fucking train mm-hmm. like, all the way up to Harlem and then ride back down all the way down to Brooklyn. Because he's trying to get laid. But I'm just like, man, this guy is putting in effort. effort. That and is I have some never time. That is some seen work. Effort. <laughs> ever. Oh, I had boy. never, ever, ever, ever. Did I say ever? Mm, no. I had never seen <laughs> effort before. Dear uh-huh. God. I was just like, what is going I on? I mean, that's incredible. I had I don't but think I any dude like, has ever put in that effort for I, me. I was just like, just that. He he like opened doors. He was funny. I was just like, uh, I mean, clearly. I mean, obviously, I'm like married. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. but this I was as soon as that stuff happened, I was like, I'm I'm with you now. <laughs> like, we're together oh, now, boy. sir. So how long did you guys date before you got married? We dated for a year before we got married. We moved in, I think, nine months in, which I was very, I think I was, I mean, not I think, I was absolutely more afraid to move in than I was to get married. Well, I don't think yeah, marriage I, is real, you know? Marriage <laughs> like, isn't real. Marriage is a piece, a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. But, but like, like moving, moving in and in, sharing your life I with someone, I can't hide my crazy. crazy. I, I can't do, I can't, like, I mean, I cry for, like, shits and giggles. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to cry. You're like, it's Tuesday, time for me to cry. <laughs> like, I cry just because. And he's just, like, a very, you know, yeah, like, I was very nervous to move in with this person because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want you to see me. I cannot imagine living with somebody. Yeah. Uh, I have, I have ADD, and... I'm very forgetful and uh, just very small tasks, tasks, tasks Mm -hmm. seem unmanageable. Like putting away laundry is something that is a thing that I like I have every time I do it, it is a conquest. Like I did it. Uh, Opening mail is a thing that is hard. Papers are hard. Then we all have ADD then, because I don't, <laughs> like, these things are hard. Well, some people can, like, just get through chores. Like, but, my roommate can yeah. do his laundry, fold it, and put it away. But is he as busy as you? Sometimes. Okay. It's all just, right. like, he could do a lot of things that, like, I just cannot do. All right. Uh, and then I'm like, well, if I invite someone to live with me, then I have to, like, stay, on, like, figure out, like, a tip or a trick to, like, stay on yeah. top of not being a messy little monster. Well, I mean, I I think you shouldn't judge yourself. This is my personal opinion. I think you shouldn't judge yourself too harshly because the like you know, the fact that you can't do menial tasks, like so a lot of people can't do what you do. You know, like a lot of people can't get up on stage mm-hmm. and whatever. It doesn't matter. I I think that it doesn't it doesn't add anything to your life to, you know, judge yourself for not being able to do these menial mm-hmm. tasks. You can literally hire a maid. <laughs> it's like... Yes. And I mean, sometimes, like, I find these kinds of tasks, you know, um, 
what is the word? Um, meditative. Mm-hmm. Because I also, it's hard for me to focus and do these tasks and I can be very messy and he's not. He's mm-hmm. very like, everything's folded. Everything has a place. He has a phone that he's had for like five years that does not have a scratch on it and it doesn't have a cover. And my phone looks like it's been through wars. <laughs> And I drop it constantly. Like, I mm-hmm. literally one time flew out of my hand just because <laughs> I just was, like, pointing at something with my phone. My phone flew out of my hand and uh. into the street. Like, it's just, he's just such the opposite of me mm-hmm. in so many ways. And I was very nervous about being being compared and judged. And I think that, like, um, I I genuinely think I'm, like, very blessed. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think this is, like... Like he's not perfect. I'm I'm obviously not perfect, <laughs> but like I there are a lot of ways that I think that like I had a lot of issues with self-esteem and insecurity mm-hmm. that I think if I had another person they would have exacerbated those things and made ah. them worse and he's a person who's very much given me the space and encouragement to love myself. Oh dare my I say? God. Dare I say? What a treat. It has not been easy. You know, it has not no, been easy. I mean, I don't think relationships are inherently yeah. easy because it's two people. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, personalities. There's a yes. lot of, you know, you know, different, uh, like you were raised differently. We you were. Know? We've so been, you're just and, and, fully and I think different this people. is one of my biggest challenges. And it's one of the reasons why therapy has been so helpful. I go to therapy separately by myself, you mm-hmm. know, just from my, because he grew up in India in an extremely loving, supportive home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, his parents, his mom is dope. She doesn't, he has tattoos, you know, his family's very Catholic. Mm -hmm. But, like, my mom thought, you know, I was possessed because I wanted to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, we just grew up in such different households. Uh Like, I grew up in, you know, a, a pretty dysfunctional one because I think it's like, you know, if you're, a black immigrant and you don't have a lot of money in America, it's very hard to not have some dysfunction in the home. Mm-hmm. I actually think like I don't I don't think it's like particularly being a black immigrant. I think capitalism breeds dysfunction in families in America. Yeah. I think that if you I think a lot of I think American families are very dysfunctional. Well, to me, my understanding of capitalism is like the dream is to be a Jeff Bezos. Yes. We are worth 11 billion dollars and your workers jump out of windows because they're like killing themselves because they don't they make pennies. Yeah. Where it's like if you just I don't know. Gave a billion of your dollars to your workers. Everyone could have like a living wage yeah. and you're still worth $10 billion. Yeah. This is my war on Jeff Bezos. Uh, <laughs> Jeffy, if you're listening, yes, I have Amazon Prime. Am I happy about it? No. But like, it just like, it's capitalism is crazy. It's crazy. Like, a lot of companies, I won't name them, but like, don't have to pay taxes. And it's like... They don't. But I pay taxes? Yeah. But, like, when I was making no money, like, I had to pay fucking taxes. No, it's really, really, truly fucked up in a lot of fucking ways. And I genuinely think that growing up in America, like, whenever I'm hanging out with, like, his Indian friends, he... um, they find it so weird that so many Americans don't want to go home for the holidays. Like, mm. that going home for the holidays is, like... Like, people, you know, joke about how much they hate their families mm-hmm. here. And they just don't relate because mm-hmm. they don't hate their families because uh-huh. family is very important in India. And people take great pains to, like, be close to their family. Mm-hmm. 
And I I think India is changing because it's becoming more capitalist uh-huh. and like it's breaking families apart more. But I also think that he lived through the generation where family is super important and like they just do not relate to this idea of like, like I don't talk to some people in my family sometimes. Like sometimes mm-hmm. like I'm like, I have, you know, we're not talking. And he just finds this unbelievable. <laughs> like he just doesn't understand I mean, he understands, but it's just, mm-hmm. like, foreign to him. You know what I My mean? My roommate's family is so supportive of him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he genuinely loves them. And they, like, go to, like, the Jersey Shore every summer together. They go skiing they together. They hang out. They like and each other. I constantly am like, oh, my God, John, what's it like to like your family? And, and he's always like, Nicole, you're the weird one. I'm like, mm, no, yeah, you're, you're the, weird. the weird one. Like they'll send him fucking cutouts of himself. Like they watch, they watch stuff that I'm on because I live with him. Yeah, and I'm like, your family supports me more than my family. Yeah, it's really sad, and the and I really feel like the first few years of our relationship was me facing shit I didn't even know I had. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. was was me recreating dysfunction in our relationship that I had seen. Thank you, Mary, for telling me this because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is that what I'm doing? <laughs> like, Mary, man. But I it was me. And, you know, at the time we were in New York, so I had a different therapist mm-hmm. and she wasn't as insightful. Uh, you know, I had to figure, figure a lot of this shit on, out on my own. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm recreating things that I saw. Mm-hmm. Like my like my mom, who is my sweetheart and I love her so much. But whenever her and my dad would fight, like she would just like not talk to him. You know, mm-hmm. like she would just like do, give him the silent treatment. And... So that's what I would do mm-hmm. because that's how I saw you get, you know, affection. That's how I saw you get make someone feel bad for, like, mm-hmm. making you mad or upsetting you or whatever. But that shit does not breed a good relationship. No. Not only that, it's immature. It's, mm-hmm. It makes you look like a baby. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, like— I have to talk to him. Like, I can't just, like, ignore him mm-hmm. and be like, I'm not talking to you. You know what I mean? I was just like, that shit does not work. You know, like, it's just, it was just things like that that I would do that I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, snap. Like, I'm, <laughs> I was just like, oh, snap. I really, I need to yeah. figure this out. Yeah, was, I had to figure a lot of things out. Mary brought up with me. She was just like, the way you act with men you do have daddy issues. You did like I never thought I had daddy yeah. issues, but I have full blown daddy issues, and I spent a lot of time looking for the approval from men to say that I'm okay yeah. because my daddy never did that. Yeah, and then my sister, my dad loved my sister, so uh, sometimes I would be mean to my sister, and I was like, oh, I mean to her because her. I resent that my dad yeah. liked and accepted her. But I mean, he liked and accepted her because she like liked school and liked learning. And I was like, "Pippity bop, what's outside?" Yeah. <laughs> I made a day. But I, but I do think that parents have a responsibility if they have kids to love their kids yeah. and love accept the them the way kid. that they are. Yeah, unless like, they're like a sociopath yeah. who's like strangling cats every night. Right, but like unconditional but still, love, meaning that you just you can you love, love a that sociopath. Kid. You normal. can. You love who they are. Uh-huh. Whether or not you agree with who they are, but mm-hmm. you just delight in who they are. Yes. Because that is the only way to affirm a kid and mm-hmm. not fuck them up. <laughs> like I, I mean, yeah, I mean I and I also I had a lot of trust issues because of, you know, like what I saw growing uh-huh. up. I had a lot 
I I mean I think the 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 absolute biggest thing that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it was like so lame when I like realized this, but I was just like, oh, I really don't love myself. And I think that not I think you you genuinely cannot really be in a real I, I think it's gonna be very difficult to be in a relationship if you don't mm-hmm. love yourself. So that was a big I mean, it's it's been like it's been a journey, man. But I do think that's like a nice thing to touch on that you do need to love yourself before like RuPaul says it at the end of every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I fully believe this mantra like if you get a chance even if you don't like drag listen or like read interviews that rue has done because rue is very much like take care of yourself first like she'll talk about meditating in the morning and like getting to be one with yourself before you start your day but then a rupaul's drag race always goes if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you gonna love someone else can i get an amen yeah it's true it's one hundred percent true. Yourself. You have to. You have to. You have to. And being with another person doesn't make it happen. You still no. have to do the work by yourself. Yeah. And I look at a lot of like dumpster people where I'm like, ugh, how are they in a relationship? I'm like, oh, because they're okay being a dumpster. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, slowly and surely, like I like who I am. Uh, every day I, I like myself more and more, which has been a very interesting thing Same. to like. Hit fucking 32 or 33 or 34. I have no idea how old I am mm-hmm. to hit this age <laughs> and be like, oh, wow. I like myself because of like X, Y, and Z. What a treat. What, what a, a treat. real treat. What a real treat. To just enjoy this. Like, I look in the mirror. I never, like, I will say there's like one day out of every three months where I look in the mirror and I go, yuck. Yeah. This is, you're nasty. But the other days, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I love this. I think that's I love amazing. what I see. And I know people could be like, yeah, but you put on wigs, you wear makeup. And I'm like, yeah, because that's my mask for the world. And I love creating it. But at night when I'm just at home, I wear a weird sleep bonnet that's very big. It makes me look like a painter. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And I'll wear my round Harry Potter glasses. I look like a little weirdo. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We truly have talked for a very long time we have Ooh, let me ask you would yeah. you date me yeah <laughs> would you because i am consistently late and bad at communicating do you know what is interesting nicole like before i started listening to this podcast no <laughs> because <laughs> because i do yes. get a i am very i do have a pet peeve about late i yes. don't like that stuff we have a history we used we to do. host a show together I was so <laughs> bad at communicating oh, things with you, and I own that, and I apologize. I appreciate that. Thank you. Very bad at communicating, <laughs> and at the time was like, I'm doing pretty good. No. I told you what was up when I figured out not. what was up. And it was like, well, no. If Thank you're going to you. miss a show and you know a day before, don't wait till the day of. Thank you. And that is you. a thing I'm truly working on. Thank you. So, yes, it's, at that time, yes. absolutely no. I was just like, no. But since you've started doing this podcast, and the other thing about when we were hosting that show together is I had never felt like I knew you. Okay. I never, ever felt like I connected with you, really. Okay. And the weirdest thing is that I listen to this podcast regularly. It's (laughs) one of my fucking favorite podcasts. Oh, thank you. And I truly feel like I've gotten to know you in a different way, in a way that we I did not know you when we were hosting a show together. And I... Love how vulnerable and open you are on this podcast, oh, and it has made me you. love you. I think what probably, in hindsight, 
I think what probably needed to happen was we needed to spend time together outside of performing. Yeah. And then I think putting a show together is really hard. And I don't think I realized how hard and how much work it was going to be. And I think I would just get really overwhelmed because I had a, like a lot of other stuff that I was trying to do and I was traveling and working. And then like also I was like, oh, and I have to do a show. Oh, God, I don't know. I'll just show up and then I'll leave. And then it was just like, well, no, I'm, a, I'm co-hosting a show with somebody. I need to get to know that person. And I don't think I did the work to do that. And lo and behold, we don't have a show no more. Yeah. <laughs> but I also had a dream in my brain where I was like, I'm going to host a show every week. And guess what? Baby, I'm going to have an hour of new material every month. And then it was just like, no, I don't have the time. No, I don't know. This is time. so hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Do you still host it? No. No, I don't. It's hard. It's a lot it of work. It's so hard to host a show and get an audience. Yeah. People who do it every week, I'm like, bravo to fucking you. Yeah. Well, Charlotte, I would date you. Um, but you married. Okay, so someone DM'd me and asked for advice. And if you ask me for advice, I will screenshot it and I will talk about it. Although I am unorganized, so it might take me a minute to get to you. So this was sent to me in February. Nicole, how do you get through bad dates? I'm so fed up with dating and I haven't been on a real date in over a year due to my own insecurities with talking to people. I went on a date tonight and he pointed out all my insecurities and ended the date. So I walked to him crying, could even wait for an Uber. How does he keep going on dates or how do I keep going on dates after all this discouragement? I feel like shit now. Okay. Any person, here's my advice. If you have a thought, please chime in. But my advice is if there's a person who's going to meet up with you, and insult you to your face and point out your insecurities, just get up and leave. Leave. That's not the person for you. That's a piece of shit human being who's getting off making you feel bad to make themselves feel better. You don't fucking need that. You are perfect in your way. He's perfect in his way, even though he hasn't figured out how to be perfect without putting someone else down. You You two are not for each other. You're not, but also I want to say that the world gaslights women in a way that they don't gaslight men. Like the yeah. fact that this woman thinks that she has to even question mm-hmm. leaving. You know what I yeah. mean? Like if someone makes you feel uncomfortable, leave. You don't have to question that feeling. If you think that you might not like this person, imagine spending more time with them. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not going to be better than this date. Nope, they're putting they're their best They're only going to get worse. Forward. They're being very Listen poorly Listen to behaved. yourself. That is your body giving you a f- like a fight or flight and it's like go time. Mm-hmm. Like listen to yourself. Don't question if you don't like yeah. someone. I did it for so long. Yes. And it's you're wasting time. Just you're like wasting time. Bounce. He's a piece of shit. He's a He's piece truly of shit. a piece of shit. He's a piece and of I shit. And I think what I try to do every morning is I look in the mirror and I'm like, you're a badass bitch. Yeah. Fuck up today. And I think more people need to do that. And uh, also, like, just know that you have to wade through a sea of fucking idiots. You do. And that's what I'm telling myself. It is hard. But also take a break if you need a break. Take I'm in a break. break right now and I feel like I needed it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Charlotte, do you have anything that you want to promote? Yeah, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be recording an album, my very first album at the Pasadena Ice House on April 3rd at 8.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where can I get, uh, get tickets? Pasadena Ice House. Yes, go to the Pasadena Ice House. 
Pasadena.com. Pasadena'shouse.com. Yes, yes, yes. And do you probably, have a website? I do have a website. It's charlalarson.com. Will there be tickets available yes, there? Yes, there will be. There you go. You'll get the link to the tickets. What a treat. What a dream. Charlotte, thank you so much for doing it. I've wanted to have you on for such a long time. Since you met someone on an app that I'm having so much trouble on, it gives me hope. But if you like this podcast episode, you can fucking, um, I don't know, keep listening. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how people subscribe to podcasts. I don't listen to them. Uh, but if you send me something nasty, I will read it. This person said, girl, I'm going to get that pussy so wet, you can start an Indus River Valley civilization next to it. Here's another one. I want to eat roast beef and mashed potatoes off your booty using my hands. Extra gravy. Oh, okay. I don't think I've read this one. It says, hey, Nicole, this is for your podcast. Love you. Don't read this part. Ha ha. I... <laughs> well, I read it. Sorry. Uh, I want to put my big hairy platypus fur suit on and make sweet love to you. I'll slap my homemade raccoon tail to your big, sweet, bubblicious butt and worship it the way it deserves. Will make the folks at the animal planet blush. I want you to lick my bill while I find my way into your platypussy. I'm not really into furry stuff. <laughs> that one was a little wild for me. It was me. wild. I, I think the fact that we don't know how to feel is good, no? I think it is good. Yeah, I think that's maybe a good this one. person has cracked it. Yeah. Where I'm like, too dirty. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.